This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 223, episode 223 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Happy Saturday, happy Saturday morning, happy weekend. Hope you're doing good. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like Daycations, Be Fit, Music You're Missing, A Chance to Strive, Drinks After Work, Eat the Damn Cake. I'm the promoter, he's the DJ, No Limits with Kevin Cooney, 30 Flirty and Surviving, and the Wicked Fast Podcast with the radio icon, Brian Bell. You got to check out the Wicked Fast Podcast. It's a great podcast and so many other great podcasts thanks to the great team at Big Night Media. Of course, you can always check out Card Vault Breaks if you're into sports cards, uh, whatnot, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or you can go check them out in person at Card Vault down at Patriot Place or down at Fox Ridge Resort Casino, Fenway Card Show. They're also hosting a card show. May 20th and 21st at Fenway Park. Go to FenwayCardShow.com to purchase your tickets and your autograph tickets as well to meet Pedro Martinez, David Ortiz, Jonathan Papelbaum, Brock Holt, Jose Canseco, Ryan Gomes, the Lisco Ryan Gomes. What am I talking about? The Celtics here? Um, but yeah, so many great Red Sox players. Go check it out. FenwayCardShow.com. You can always get Banner Banter Podcast merchandise at BigNightShot.com. And remember... Download the WinBet app if you haven't already. Use the code XBNBANTER. XBNBANTER. You place a $20 bet on the WinBet app. You download it. You use that code. You get $100 of free bet credits. Sounds like a pretty good deal, right? So go check that out. Download the WinBet app. Support the Banner Banter podcast, XBN Banter. And remember, if you or a loved one are experiencing gambling problems, please call 1-800-327-5050. Okay. Hi. Hello. How are you? What's going on? Um, oh, my God. Boston Celtics win game three on the road. That was delightful. That was delicious. That was glorious. All that good stuff. I'm exhausted. You know, had to go to work afterwards, had to stop by Biddy Early's afterwards. Shout out to everyone, everyone that came to the Celtics watch party at Guy Fieri's American Boston Kitchen and Bar on 186 Tremont Street. What a great experience. We are having another watch party Sunday. 3.30 p.m., doors open up at 2.30, it's 21-plus event, green runs deep, Babs on the mic, win bet, Sincoro tequila, everyone's coming together, come on down, tickets are five bucks, you can get them at Ticketmaster.com, it is a 21-plus event, literally right next to the Boston Garden, come on down, 3.30, doors open up at 2.30 for game four, but yeah, the Boston Celtics win game three of their best of seven series versus the Philadelphia 76ers, 
114 to 102. They are now up two games to one in their best of seven series in the second round. Game four, like I just mentioned, is in Philly on Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Game five, they announced the time, is now at 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday at TD Garden. Now, before we really dive deep as far as injuries go for each team, because I feel like it's always important to talk about injuries, nothing from the 76ers to report. Um, late in that third quarter, Tatum like kind of fell into the front row and uh, grabbed like his left leg. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I don't know if it's allergies or I don't know if me doing a podcast at 6 o'clock in the morning is killing my body, but I got the sniffles today. Some boogies, if you will. Um, But anyways, Jason Tatum, he fell into the front row, looked like he was grabbing his left leg, seemed a little uncomfortable. Obviously, he came back into the game and played unbelievable in that fourth quarter, but that was a little concerning. And then Rob Williams, who made an incredible and needed save into the Celtics bench, the way that he landed, he like kind of grabbed his right wrist or forearm or elbow. It like hit the pain that he had almost felt like he like it looked like he like broke it. And you're like, of course. Of course he did. But everyone was freaking out. The positive is the Celtics Twitter tweeted out that he had a right forearm contusion and was available to return. So we'll see how Rob heals up over these next couple days because I know Rob is very injury prone and I know um he always gets hurt, but just need him for these next two days and that other series that heat next series i feel like is going to drag out for a while and if we can get a week off and rob can if we win the series get a week off and rob can heal up that'd be great but um let's talk about the games shall we yes the celtics won but i believe the biggest headline from the game is number 12 number 12 played very well again tonight especially against Joel Embiid nothing from the stat line that's going to make you feel very good but he did what he had to do against Joel Embiid the way that he handled things in game two which was very impressive and needed and to be honest with you appreciated I mean he played so hard he legitimately got curb stomped by Joel Embiid it was like he was on the Sopranos it was it was one of the weirdest plays I've ever seen. Jalen Brown, after the game, said it was one of the craziest plays he has ever seen. I mean, listen, Joel Embiid didn't do it on purpose. They talked about it um, when number 12 came back into the game. Great job by the Celtics medical staff by getting him into the game, clearing up all the cuts and bloods and stuff, all the bloods. What is Grant Williams a part of a gang? Um but yeah, he came back in, and the two of them talked it out because Grant Williams, uh, oh, I just said, you know what? I just said his name. I just said his name. Damn, that's okay. Well deserved. He deserves his name to be said. I'll 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 give him credit for that. But yeah, number twelve came back in the game, uh, and he was mic'd up. ESPN caught them interacting, and number twelve handled it very well. It was like, hey man, we're going for the ball, all good. But the refs did the right thing by not calling anything because it was one hundred percent on accident. It wasn't a Draymond Green situation, but um, but yeah. So number twelve. He really didn't do anything like really sexy or great on the floor to make you happy, but he put in the work that made you feel like he was a part of this team again, and his teammates appreciated it a great deal, and more importantly, his coach respected him probably more than he has in a really long time, because I don't think Missoula and number 12 get along too much. I don't know if he doesn't like to 
he doesn't like how number 12 talks a lot or whatever the case may be. But I talked about it in episode 20 that number 12 was going to play a lot more in this series. And as much as I dislike him, he earned every second of his playing time so far in this series for how he has handled himself um, against Joel Embiid. So shout out to number 12. Job well done. And then, of course, the other headline kind of coming out uh, of game three in Philly was, what the fuck happened to James Harden? James Harden did not play well again last night. Um is it because of the Celtics game plan? I don't know. You 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 could say that because, you know, Joel Embiid did have a good game. Number 12, Al Horford, Rob Williams, everyone did their part. They trapped him. They double teamed him. But you could really throw out that Joe Mazzulla took risks and played really small with number 12 as the five and then played a three-guard lineup with Derek and Malcolm and uh, Marcus out there. And I thought, that was very risky, but very impressive because now the focus was on Harden. And basically, Joe Mazzullo was just like, yeah, we're going to go small. And if B gets his, that's fine. He's on 100%, so he's not going to be able to last. And that worked out in the third quarter because Joel Embiid was gassed, absolutely gassed. But the, felt, but the Celtics and Joe Mazzullo found something in game two versus James Harden where they could be physical with him, give him his space, and not fall for his bullshits or his flops also while contesting his shots. And I thought that was great. There was one situation where um, Marcus contested a Harden three, and Harden's follow-through was the reason why Marcus was called for a foul. If Scott Foster literally wasn't right there, I don't think that play gets called for a foul. I really don't. But everyone on this team that guarded Harden played through push-offs, his and his step backs, and the Celtics were ready for anything. Like, there were so many times that Derek White jumped in front of Harden or contested when a Harden shot, and he front-rimmed it, and it was very impressive. They basically said, let the guy who is 100% beat us, but not the guy who is 100%. They're like, let the injured guy beat us, not this healthy guy, because the healthy guy destroyed us. And I thought that was a really great call, and Harden was not good in this game at all. Philly fans were getting on him. I'm expecting a big game from James Harden in game four, but we'll see. Um, what else? What else did I want to talk about? I didn't really do a lot of notes today. But, um, oh, yeah, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, continue to, like, kind of even themselves out but not have that, like, big game that they had uh, in game six in Atlanta to, like, move on. But, you know, Tatum started off okay, better than Jalen. Jalen started off, what, missing his first three shots, um, and those were – I think the only shots he took in the first quarter, which is very odd. You know, Jalen's usually, he he's very active in that first quarter. He produces a lot of shots, but for him to only have three shots in the first quarter, maybe it was part of the game plan for the 76ers, which was very interesting. But then after that, he went 8 of 12 from the field, which I loved. And I mean, also, shout out to Jalen. In episode 222, I asked for him to rebound the ball more. Really, I've been every single episode so far this playoffs. I want Jalen Brown to rebound the ball more and more and more. He had seven total rebounds, which was great, which is exactly what I needed to to see. He also had four turnovers, but hey, one out of two ain't bad. We'll take it. He did get into foul trouble in in this game, and uh, Jason Tatum, you know, halfway through that fourth quarter while Jalen was on the bench, just went off. I mean, Jason Tatum scored 10 points in the fourth quarter of this basketball game. He scored seven in game two. Wildly impressive. He literally scored more points in one quarter than he did throughout the entire game of game two, which is great. Um, and I think very 
very key. I mean, that fadeaway against Tobias Harris and then that step back three also got four free throws. It was very, very good. But the thing that I'm really excited about in this series so far is the Celtics defense. Now, is it the Celtics defense from last year? Nope, not even close, but they forced 13 turnovers. They scored 20 points off of those turnovers. They found a way to beat the 76ers free throw shooting since, you know, the. I mean, if I told you two basketball teams are playing against each other, both of them shot pretty well from three in the first quarter, but one team shot 12 free throws in the first quarter and the other team shot two, you'd probably say, holy shit, the 76ers are probably winning by 1,000. Wasn't the case. So you have to, and the, I think the defense was was huge. Listen, I I feel like I am getting sicker and sicker as this podcast goes with just a little head cold, but maybe it's allergies. Maybe I'm just exhausted. Who knows? But I'll shut up. But every single time the 76ers tried to punch back, someone made a big shot, whether it was Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, but because of that, they also got stops. So, you know, I feel like the game was always Celtics plus seven the entire time. It felt like the Celtics couldn't get above seven. The 76ers couldn't get below seven, whatever the case may be. And then, you know, it got to four and the Celtics made some stops and the Celtics made some big threes. And that was key. I mean, I feel like the craziest part of this whole series so far is that the Celtics defense has gotten better and Jalen and Jason both haven't dominated at the same time. And they're winning this series, which is crazy. And before we extend to the next part of the podcast, Al Horford is an elite shooter, folks. Now, listen, go on Twitter, type in Al Horford, elite shooter. I didn't have time to grab the audio, pull it, edit it, add it in, all that stuff. I got a lot going on. So I'm just telling you right now, go to Twitter, go to Instagram, type in Al Horford, elite shooter. He had a little back and forth at pregame shoot around earlier in the day yesterday. Um, and a reporter asked, you know, hey, what's going on with your shooting? Al's like, hey, you know, I've hit a wall, had a little bit of trouble here and there, but I'll get my shot going. And then Al mentioned that he believes he's an elite shooter. A reporter kind of laughed and clapped back at him. And then Al, with a big smile, was like, you don't think I'm an elite shooter? And it was perfect because Al loves playing in Philadelphia. Al hates the Philadelphia 76ers fans. He shot six of eight from the field. Five of seven from three, finishing with 17 17 points. Oh, there's my burp. Shout out to John Curley. 17 points, seven boards, two assists, and two steals. This is a game that we needed from Al that we haven't really seen all playoffs long, and I loved it. And it wasn't like Al was waiting at the top of the key for these shots. He shot it quickly. He shot it with confidence, which is something I feel like he hasn't done. Like, yes, he has shot the ball. I feel like he did it with confidence. Like he knew it was going in every single time, which was great. And that was needed. What else do I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about a couple of things from episode 222. You know, I talked about how I wanted Tatum to have a great game. He did. Malcolm Brogdon, I wanted him to be more of a facilitator, more of a point guard, if you will. He had six assists. Great. He's only had six assists 13 times this season. And they are nine and four when he does that. Huh. What a weird concept, Timmy. Good for you, man. Malcolm Brogdon, if Malcolm Brogdon can shoot the ball well and get other guys involved off the bench, (laughs) and that's exactly what he did last night, and it was great. I mean, they didn't care about the Philly fans, the role players from the 76ers. I mean, I think they had solid games. I mean, Melton had 14 points, Niang had 10 points. I mean, and 
what, five of those points, maybe six of those points was when Joel Embiid was out. It was kind of annoying because, like, you're like, okay, the Celtics are up, like, seven or eight. Embiid's not on the floor. Niang hits a three. You're like, okay, this is weird. And then Celtics miss a shot. Niang Niang comes down the floor, gets a contested layup, and you're like, okay, what the fuck is going on? But they, they played very well where the bench didn't matter for the Philadelphia 76ers, which was huge. I mean, Niang ended up being a minus nine overall for them on the floor. But And listen, I do have to say this before I move on. And this w- could probably piss off some people, but I really don't care. I think Joel Embiid is a very good basketball player. I think he's well-deserved of the most valuable player trophy. It was a nice little ceremony before the game, cool little moment. I think he flops a lot. I think he complains too much. But what an NBA superstar doesn't. But for the 76ers to have someone like this on their team and as a basketball fan, it's really hard to dislike him. Like, for real. I mean, I'll like him more when this series is over. Right now, I don't like Joel Embiid, but him playing 39 minutes last night with that injury and just being fucking gassed in that third quarter and still producing, I mean, just a little tip of the cap. Seriously, just a little tip of the cap. That's really all I have to say. I mean, I have... I've never really respected Joel Embiid. Like, I've always been like, yeah, he's a good player. But for him to play through through this injury in, in those amount of minutes, that's insane. So tip the cap to him. All right. Um, before we wrap up this podcast, five things that I'm looking for in the playoffs that I have been looking for in the playoffs all year, uh, or all playoffs, I should say. Number one, turnovers, 12 turnovers. That's the number I need. That's the number I like. It wasn't over 13, a little bit bit under. I mean, obviously, we want less turnovers, but that works for me. Thank you very much. I mean, uh, number two, three-point shooting. Uh, what do they do? They started off really hot, making like six in the first quarter, came out in the third, shot it well too, but ended up losing the three-point battle and still won, which was very impressive. Um, Number three, they won the rebound battle and only limited the 76ers to seven second-chance points. I mean, do you remember in the Hawks series that, you know, they were getting 20-plus second-chance points? Only seven. Great job rebounding the ball. Number four, the headspace. They ignored that MVP ceremony. Tatum said after the game it motivated him a little bit. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. Find little things that motivate you. Play angry. Play pissed. Thank you. And number five, rotation-wise, no issues at all. I mean, of course, Missoula thinks that he found something. Playing three guards when Embiid's on the floor, they can push the pace that way. Joel Embiid, you know, at times didn't even make it back to half court um, after certain plays. But I didn't like um, the challenge that he had with, uh, with Al's foul. Uh, on Tobias Harris, like in that third quarter, I thought that was weird. But hey, you live, you learn. He stuck with playing eight guys, and it worked out for him. So yeah, job well done for Joe Missoula. As far as Game Four Sunday, three thirty p.m. in Philadelphia, continue to be aggressive and legit ignore the refs. I mean, they had Scott Foster last game. We all know Scott Foster is about him. I hate talking about the refs, but the 76ers were shook by the refs last night. They really were. They figured they were at home. They were going to get all the calls. They didn't, and I think that really annoyed them. And listen, at times, Tatum was very annoyed by the refs too, which is very annoying as well, but if you continue to be aggressive and you can get 20 plus free throws, Celtics shot 22 or 23 from the line last night. If you can get 20 plus free throws on the road, good things will happen. But you have to be aggressive to get that. You just actually get it by jacking up threes all the time. Uh, what else do I want to see in game four? Uh, continue to take care of the ball. Jalen and Jason, they combined 
for eight of the Celtics' 12 turnovers. And I know double teams and traps suck, blah, 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 blah. But the rest of the team only had four turnovers. The other six guys only had four turnovers total, which is key. And that has to continue. So if you can get a turnover or two less from Tatum and Brown, and then you're only having eight or nine turnovers, that limits them going on the fast break. That limits Maxi, literally flying like the roadrunner up and down the floor. It's huge. Number three, keep defending Harden. The way that the Celtics are defending Harden is great. You know, just like I talked about earlier in the podcast. I mean, he went three of 14 from the field. He was a minus 12, five turnovers. But here's the thing. He is due for a game, like a good game. Game one, like, I don't know if he's going to be dropping 45, but he is due for a game. Continue to be physical with him, just not on the defensive side of the ball. Be physical when you have the ball. Post him up. Set good screens. He doesn't like to play physical. Limit his space. If he wants to have 11 assists, that's fine by me. Because if he has 11 assists but only scores like 10 or 12 points, that's a win for the Celtics. It really and truly is. And finally, continue to play angry. Continue to play pissed. Because if you win on Sunday, you come to TD Garden on Tuesday night, up three games to one, that place will be rocking. And a desperate 76ers team may be really hard to beat, but a determined Celtics team, I will take every single fucking time. And that's it for episode 223 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Sorry that I sounded a little sick, or maybe I'm just tired or allergies, but I appreciate you uh, hanging through and hanging out and listening throughout the entire podcast. Don't forget, Game 5 Watch Party Studio B right next to TD Garden, 21+. plus. Doors are at 2.30. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Follow me on the Twitter machine at BannerBancher18 or on Facebook and Instagram at BannerBancher Podcast. And we will talk to you Monday morning after Game 4. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you.